0: Well, good, morning. good morning. How's everybody doing today? Man, what a beautiful day it is. And hopefully here in just a little bit, the saints are going to make it even more beautiful. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, who dat? Oh man, what a great day it is. And here's the cool part. We all get to come together to worship together and to, to just spend time fellowshipping. But now we have some time where we jump into the word and study together so that we can grow. Everybody say Grow. In 2019, we want to grow in our relationship with God. Now, let me take a quick moment and welcome those of you who might be here for the very first time. Uh, what a beautiful day it is. It's awesome to have you as our guest. Uh, my name's Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the lead pastors here and we hope that you feel right at home and, and just sit back, relax, and enjoy this time together. Let me also take a moment real quick to welcome all those who are watching online right now. Uh, it's great that we, whenever we have people who are not able to be here, they can tune in online and be a part of this service live. So church family, why don't we give our guests and those joining us online, let's give them a great big hand clap today. Come on. Now, uh, I shared with you guys last week uh, the the change that has taken place within our family. We are grandparents now, and uh, I've enjoyed watching Tyler and Brittany uh, just adjust to the change of having a baby in the house. And yesterday, they were anxious to get out and kind of go do some stuff, so they asked us if we would babysit Olivia. And so we thought about it for about a half second. And uh, then we were like, absolutely. I'm going to tell you something. We knocked it out of the park, y'all. We did. In fact, I took a picture. Check it out. Y'all put, eh, look at that. I, I held her for like an hour and a half and she just sat there and she looked at me and, and I'm like, you know what? You're awesome. She's looking at me saying, you're awesome too. And uh, we just had so much fun. But I have had the time of my life watching Tyler and Brittany just adjust to what life brings whenever you have a child. because. How many of you in here agree, when you have kids, life changes a little bit? I mean, it, it gets kind of crazy. And seeing Tyler come in the office with no sleep, that's awesome. <laughs> I kind of rub it in like, man, I'm going to sleep good tonight. But uh, this is what was cool yesterday. We watched her, and, uh, you know, I sat there and I held her, and Brittany came in. and I'm like, all right, here she is. And she's like, oh, she needs a diaper change. She didn't change her diaper. I'm like, well, no. That's, uh, you know, I- I'm not her parent, you know. And I- and I'm like, those diapers—they hold a lot more than you think they do, anyway. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just a blast. And as we, as a church, roll into 2019, we we start a new series. If you're new to Journey, called Refocus. And the reason for this series is because here's what happens for all of us. We go through the holidays and life, the hustle and the bustle and, and all the things that come along with the holidays kind of gets us where life's kind of turned upside down. It's like the dieting uh, program that you had, maybe that kind of fell by the wayside and maybe the schedule that you had for your life kind of fell by the wayside and it's, it's hard for life to just get, kind of get out of sorts. And so with this series, what we wanted to be able to do was just have a time to be able to refocus. And last week I challenged you, I actually asked you, I said I need you to discover what is important for your life. Because what's important for my life, there may be some things that are a little different for your life. And I challenged you over this past week to go home with your family and to pray about it, talk about it, and write down the things that are truly important to you. There's a lot of trivial things that that we think are important. They still are time, they still are energy, but at the end of the day, those things really aren't that important. So I challenge you to discover what really is important in your life. And I shared my list with y'all last week. Top of the list was faith my relationship with God, and then family, my, my, my wife, my kiddos, my extended family, and then my friends, the relationships that I have uh, within church, the relationships that I have outside of church, uh, just different friendships that I have. And then uh, number four was our finances. And so what I shared with you last week is we're going to go through the month of January. We're going to talk about all these things to where we can allow God to bring change. Everybody say change. change. Not just change, but good, lasting change. It's a part of who we are, and here's the scripture that we're basing this series off of. It's Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. It says this. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. One translation says the godly way, and it says, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Now, we looked at this verse last week, and I think that we all agreed if you were here we could all use some rest within our lives. And one of the reasons why I stopped the verse where it is, that's not actually the entire verse. Uh, if you notice on the, on, in your notes and also on the screen, it says it has dot, dot, dot at the end. That means that we stopped it right there. And the reason why is because if you read on in that verse, it has just a little bit left. And basically it says, but, but that is what you have decided not to embrace for your lives. In other words, this is what God has for you. And the people are like, "Ah, we don't really need that. But what we did was we looked at this verse and said, let's embrace what God says for us, and let's make that a part of our life. Let's not not reject it, but let's accept it into our lives as we refocus for 2019. Now, last week I challenged you, find out what's important for your life. And here's what's going on. There's a lot of things that we know that we need to do for our lives. But a lot of times, whenever we think about those things, we're like, I know I need to do that, but I don't want to do that. Anybody ever been there? and I asked yesterday on Facebook, or it might have been Friday, I just put it out there to ask, like, hey, what are the things, quick question, what are the things you need to, you know, you need to do, but you hate doing? And uh, I had, at this point, over 120 responses to it, and uh, was just amazed at all the different things that you guys and a lot of my Facebook friends came up with that you know you need to do, but when it comes to it, you're like, uh, I hate doing that. And, and here's the top ones. I actually wrote them down uh, to share with you. The number one, this one shocked me. The number one thing on the list, and everybody, you know you got to do it, but you hate doing it, is laundry. I, I'm like, really? And then it hit me. It's because I don't do laundry. <laughs> so, love you, baby. Okay, yeah. And then the number two on the list was going to the doctor or to the dentist, Okay. And uh, I don't know how, how you feel about dentists, but, man, I, I utterly despise going to the dentist. Just the sound of the drill, that, zzz, you know, just, I'll be on, like, on the ground, like, sucking my thumb in the fetal position, you know. Uh, I hate going to the dentist. Here was number three on the list, exercising. And a lot of people say, you know, I can't stand that. I know I need to, but, ugh, I hate it. Uh, this one I can associate, I understand this, number four, it was taxes, you know, got to do it, but, ugh. all right, uh, this one, this one I thought was interesting, flossing, <laughs> you know, it's like, man, I know I, I got to floss, but, ugh. okay, uh, changing my oil, that one was interesting, washing the dishes, okay, that's why you have kids, uh, but so many things on here, and there was one on the list, waking up to the alarm clock, cleaning my car out, cleaning the flower beds, uh, diet and exercise, the never-ending job of washing and sterilizing baby bottles. All right, Brittany. No, I'm, that was Melody, actually. Uh, just a lot of stuff on here. And then there was, there was one who was so honest, and I thought that this was absolutely amazing, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with our message today. She said that one of the things that I, I know I need to do this, but ugh, and, and was praying, a, and I thought, man, and her explanation behind, I was like, that is awesome because it goes right where we need to talk about today as a church, so that we can grow in 2019 and allow God to bring real change into our lives. Because here's the thing, we'll never admit that. Well, I know I need to read my Bible, I know I need to pray, but. Ugh. Because a lot of times it's not an enjoyable thing to us. It's something that we've turned into a chore, okay? And I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. And, and you, would, you might say, I cannot believe that our pastor would actually say that. But quite honestly, until we find a way for it to become enjoyable, until we find a place to where we, we do enjoy it, It can very easily become a chore within our, just a religious repetition that we kind of go through. But today what I want to do is I want to show you some things to make these activities that we know will build our faith and help grow our relationship with God, these things are very important. So we're going to kind of go through those and I'm going to share just some practical knowledge with you guys uh, that the Holy Spirit has shown me. And actually this past week uh, we participated in something, Seven Days of Prayer and Fasting, That was a great spiritual activity that will really help you grow in your relationship with God. For a lot of you in here, maybe some of you, uh, you've never really been exposed to fasting. Maybe it's something that was new to you, and you say, well, what is this all about? Are we just, you know, like you know start off the year on a diet not eating well if you just fasted you didn't pray you were just dieting but we take fasting and prayer and we couple them so that we're spending that time with the lord and fasting is basically denying your body the things that it it desires you know Uh, your body says you know give me that ice cream and you're like no i'm not going to give you that give me that king cake that's a tough one right there y'all and you say, no, we're pushing back from sugar. We're pushing back from, 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 we're going to do a Daniel fast, maybe just fruits and vegetables and water. We're going to push back from coffee. We're going to push back, this is one of my favorites, that, that somebody actually told me that they did this week and said it was amazing, an electronic fast. And I shared that with you all last week where you turn off you know, Netflix, the TV, uh, social media, all that stuff, and you just take that time to kind of detox your mind, your body, your spirit and you are able to spend that time in prayer here's the cool thing about fasting jesus said uh you know it needs to be something that's part of our life as believers on a regular basis but this is what i like about fasting it does detox your body but guess what we don't want to just detox our body we want to be able to detox our spirit our heart our mind to where we are able to that time that we spend with the lord we're able to hear his voice in a clear way there's clarity there to his voice As he whispers things into our heart, into our spirit, uh, and you think, oh, well, that's a good idea. Well, that's not just a good idea. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Or maybe that moment of encouragement that you you feel. That's not just, you know, your conscience telling you something. That's the Holy Spirit inside of you encouraging you, building you up. So fasting brings you to the place where you can hear his voice with the clarity that you need. And it's something that as believers, it needs to be a regular part of our life. Well, here's where... I want to take you though today because we're talking about what is important in our life in 2019 and you've got to discover what's really important for your in your life but i can tell you this what needs to be number one in your in your life is your relationship with god because how many of you in here want to be blessed in 2019 man we, we all want to be blessed oh lord bless me but i'm gonna tell you something if god's not first in your life it's hard to be blessed okay He wants to be first within our life. And I'm going to share this with you. If we truly want his blessings, his power through the Holy Spirit, we want his anointing on our life, then we have to put him first. And there's a lot of things that are going to try to crowd him out of that position. If you're not careful, as you roll through this year, the the things within your life, your job, your hobbies, your relationships, all these things, the next thing you know, God gets knocked down on the list, and that's not a healthy thing. And in this year, if we really want to grow in our relationship with God, we truly want to be blessed, we want to walk in his power, then he has to be first. Everybody say first. In fact, everybody hold up one finger just like this. Everybody say first. He's got to be first within our life. Now, you might say, well, why? What's the big deal? Well, here's why. It's because God loves us so much that he put us first. You might be like, well, what do you mean? He sent his son Jesus to come to this earth. Because he knew that there was no way that any of us, I don't care who you are, I don't care how good you are, how good you think you are, there is no way in the world that you or me or anybody else could pay for the price of sin within your life. All of us are are, are born into this world with with a a sin nature. In other words, there is a sin debt that is on our life. And, And the payment for that is life or death. You might say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you either choose to surrender your life to Christ and receive the payment that he made for your life on the cross. And, and, and through that, you step into a relationship with God and your eternity is life. In other words, in heaven. Or you reject that and you say, no, 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 no. I got this. I can handle this. God, I'm doing my own thing. And you reject, I'm, you reject him. You say, I'm going to try to be, get there by being religious. I'm going to try to get there by, through good works. And the Bible plainly tells us that that, that leads to a dead end. And uh, you you go through all of this, and what happens at the end of your life, because you never trusted your life with God, you never received Jesus into your life to be your Savior, you never surrendered yourself to him, you face death. And what I mean by that is that when you draw your final breath, you face eternity, not in the presence of God, but separated from God in hell. And that's not what God intended for any of us. And that is the very reason why he put us first by sending his son Jesus to come to this earth and go to the cross so that that would not have to be our future. But here's the thing. You say, well, what is, how does all this spell out if I surrender my life to Christ and I really allow God to be first in my life? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, In other words, the ways of God and relationship with God and growing in God. And he says, and then all these things will be given to you as well. In other words, the things will be added into our life the way that God really wants us to walk through life. Blessed and his his anointing on our life, his power on our life. All those those things will be brought into our life. So here's what we're going to do today. Today's message is very simple. Everybody say simple. You have a, notes in your, in your bulletin. You can take that out, write down the different things. And we're going to talk about some spiritual activities that as believers we know need to be a part of our list. But all too often, this is how we approach them. We say, well, I know that that needs to be a part of my life, but kind of like we talked about on Facebook. The things we know we need to do, but we don't necessarily like to do. So let's talk about these spiritual activities so that we actually can grow in them. When we choose to put God first in our life, then these things need to be a part of our life. But first we have to understand these things and understand the way that God really intended for us to be able to walk in them. And so here's the first one. Let's talk about one very simple thing that we hear in church. We know it's a good thing, but so many times you even heard Ryan talk about this whenever he was talking to you guys about life groups, and that is prayer. Everybody say prayer. We know we need to pray. We know it's important for our lives, but so many times, here's how we approach it. Well, I know I need to pray, but uh, now don't y'all look at me like that. You, you know, I'm being honest, and here's why: because of what we have turned prayer into. We have turned prayer into something that has to be very lengthy. It has to be very formal. When you pray, it has to be the right way and you have to know the right scriptures. And when we pray, you have to sound like you're from, you know, Old England or something like that. You got to use a lot of these and thous, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And if you, you know, you have to get your, your, your language to a certain level. You know, you have to, you know, make sure that you're very formal, very proper in your prayer time. And we've turned prayer into that. and Because of that, we don't enjoy it. Well, gee, I wonder why. Because that's a heavy burden for anybody to carry. And and I know that as a kid growing up, I didn't really understand prayer. I just knew that in church, it was something that as as Christians, as believers, we do. And I've shared this with you guys before, that whenever I was a kid growing up, there was a little church that we went to. And to end out the service, the the pastor would always call on one of the deacons to stand and pray. And there was a particular deacon, his name was Mr. Coker. Mr. Coker. And when Mr. Coker, when he called on Mr. Coker to pray, we knew that church was going to go on for about another 10 minutes. Because y'all know how it is. We get to the end of the message. You're like, yeah, it's a good message, good music. But pastor, we're ready to get out of here. Hey, Piccadilly's calling. You know, I got to get out of here, man. I got to get some food. And and I was the same way, 10 years old, in church, excited. All right, message is over. We're going to get out of here. We're going down to to eat some fried chicken or something. Or my mama cooked woo let's go. And he would say, oh, hey, you know, Brother Coker, would you close us out in prayer? And here I am, nine years old. Oh, great, here we go. <laughs> We're going to be here all day long. And, and, and Mr. Coker, he, he, he's praying. And I look back now, and I think, like, he had a really awesome prayer life. But at that point, I did not really understand about prayer. I just saw it as something that was very formal, very long. And it was something that was interfering with my life at that moment. So you might say, you know, what do you you mean by this, Pastor Jay? How do we get prayer to be something that's a, a real part of our life? And here it is. And this is one of the things that I discovered to make prayer very enjoyable for my life is this. Is that God simply wants a conversation with us. What? You mean God wants to talk to me? Absolutely. He wants an ongoing conversation with you. All day long. Now, here's the thing. How many of you have been involved in a conversation with somebody before that it's a one-sided conversation? You can't get a word in edgewise. Raise your hand way up high. How does that make you feel? Not too good, right? Guess what? The same thing is true with God in our conversation with him. He wants us to take time to where we are quiet and we listen to him so that he can whisper into our heart and our spirit. You might say, oh, well, that's my conscience. No, it's not. That's the Holy Spirit trying to encourage you and build you and, and, and tell you the things that he wants to change inside of you, the things that he wants to convict you of to bring out of your life so that he in return can fill that part of your life with more of his presence. And so God wants an ongoing conversation with you. All day long, and whenever I discovered that years ago, man, it revolutionized the way that I pray. I pray in a whole new way because now I can pray anywhere I want to. It doesn't have to be in a certain room at a certain time of day for a certain length of time. That's good if you do that. But for me, if I didn't do that, I felt like a loser. And so here's the thing, I found that to be very boring, and so what happened for me, I discovered that all throughout the day, I'm just going to talk to God, and then whenever I do have the time, like if I come in here, or if I'm at my house, or I might be out taking a walk in our neighborhood or something, or even around here, sometimes during the day, if you see me out walking in the parking lot or whatnot, a lot of times, I'm a walker whenever I pray. I can't just, you know, I I don't have a place where I can go kneel down. I have For whatever reason, i got to walk. In other words, you got to find what works for you in your prayer time. If you're a walker, walk. If you're a kneeler, kneel. If you're a layer, lay down. I don't know. But find what works for you and have an ongoing conversation with God throughout the day. It is important. Here's the next thing. Just talk to God in your everyday language. Okay? If you don't talk in old English, don't do that. Okay? If you do every day, it's kind of weird. I'm just going to tell you. But just talk to God just like you do with everybody else and share your heart with him. That's what God is interested in, not the way your, your prayer sounds, not the length of your prayer. He's interested whether or not you're going to share your heart with him. Because guess what? He's all, he already knows what's there, right? He just wants us to be able to share that with him so that he can work on those areas within our life and within our heart. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 backs this up very plainly, very clearly about having an ongoing conversation with God all day long and it's a very difficult scripture to memorize if you're into memorizing scriptures, it's very difficult put it up for me guys there it is right there pray continually <laughs> now if you've only memorized like a couple of scriptures like Jesus wept things like that this is one you can put in your bank all right you can be like oh I can memorize that pray continually it means simply this that you are to talk to God all day long wherever you are in your vehicle in the line at Walmart, Lord, please hurry these people up. You know, wherever you are, you can talk to God at work. You can talk to God when you're on, in, your hunting, uh, in the blind hunting. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you just share your heart with God. And watch what begins to happen in your prayer time with him. Now, here's the thing. Prayer for me at that point became very, very enjoyable. And it was something that I embraced and began to grow in. But Jesus gave us a great example of prayer. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. This is what happened. We see Jesus going about his, his daily activities. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place, solitary place where he prayed. And what we see in this particular passage of scripture is that Jesus did some things that were very crucial for all of us. If prayer is going to be a part of our life, it's going to be something that's enjoyable for us. Then there's three things that I want to point out here that are really cool. The first one is this. Jesus made time for prayer. Everybody say time. We see that he set time aside to go communicate with his father, to talk with him, to share his heart with him. And so we have to make time for it. If you are the type of person who I encourage you wake up in the morning... And one of the first things that you need to do is interact with God in prayer. For me, I wake up in the morning, I I brush my teeth, I get dressed, and then as I'm headed out of the house, whenever I get in my vehicle, that's whenever I begin to interact with God as I'm I'm driving because it's quiet. There's nobody around. If I want to turn on a little worship music, I can. But while I'm in my vehicle, I'm going to interact with God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk with him. And usually that's occurring within about 5 to 10 minutes of me getting up out of the bed and getting about my day. And so it's very, very important that we take time. The next thing is this, that we have a place. Scripture shows us that Jesus had a specific place where he prayed. It might be for you, might look different than for me. You may have a a, a spare bedroom at your house, your living room, your patio, wherever, but find a place that works for you. And, And you guys have heard me talk about this before. I just alluded to it a second ago. My place that I pray you might say, well, well, you got the entire auditorium, Pastor. You can come in here and pray. Well, sometimes I do, but this is not my, the place where I really, you know, spend a lot of time praying. Uh, the, you say, well, you have your office, Pastor. You can go there. I, I pray there too. But the number one place that I pray is my vehicle. It's something that I learned years ago whenever Stacy and I, you know, we lived in Lafayette, and, and I had a place where I prayed before we started having kids, but then we had kids and they took over. And you know what I'm talking about, Parents. And the house gets full of activity and all this kind of stuff. And so the quiet place that I found was in my vehicle. It was just me and the Lord. And so I would turn on some worship music and, and people pull up at, next to me in traffic and I'm just talking away. And they're like, oh my gosh, that guy's crazy. Because they don't, like, they don't understand that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You've got to find a place that works for you. A place, you've got to have place, you've got to have time. And here's another thing I would tell you. You've got to plan for it as well. We see that Jesus, his disciples came to him at one point in scripture. They said, Jesus, can you please teach us how to pray? In other words, they've been watching Jesus. Can you please teach us how to pray? And Jesus gave them the Lord's Prayer. So many of us know it, probably know it by memory. But it's one of those things that we understand that he gave them a plan of action for prayer. And so you've got to have some type of plan in place. You might say, okay, whenever I get up in the morning... After I brush my teeth and I get dressed, shower, whatever, then I'm going to take that time and for the next five, ten minutes, I'm going to have that time where I'm going to interact with God. But that doesn't stop it. That means that all throughout the day you have that time where you're going to interact with him and just talk, just share your heart with God. Just talk to him just like you would anybody else because as you interact with him and share your heart with him, guess what's going to happen? He's going to begin to share his heart with you as well. He's going to talk to you. He's going to begin to encourage you. He's going to begin to build you. He's going to begin to change you. And that is why it's very important that we fully surrender, submit our our life to him. We allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives so that we can have everything that God wants for us as we go through life. So Jesus, we see through that last scripture we just looked at here in Mark that he had time. He, He made a time. He had a place. He had a plan. And it needs to be something that's a part of our life as well. Here's the next thing. We talk about prayer, and we're going to take it from, well, I know i got to pray, ugh, into I know i got to pray, and it's something we're excited about, we look forward to. And here's the next thing that so many times we say, well, I know I need to do this. Ugh. We're going to take it from that into joy, and that is our time in the Word. Now, here's the thing. I think that the reason why a lot of people, they think about, well, I need to read the Bible. I know I need to read it. If I'm be a good Christian, i got to read the Bible. Ugh. The reason that comes about is because they don't know where to start they're confused they say well do i start in genesis all the way back in the beginning do, do i start in 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 matthew the new testament where do i start how do i how do i kick-start this thing should i start in the book of leviticus and read the levitical law absolutely not i would never encourage that okay <laughs> if you want to start a, a reading plan that will you know abruptly come to a, a stop then start there uh so where do I start? Well, last year as a church, we walked through the year of the Bible. We went through the entire Bible together and we gave you a reading plan. Now, here's some resources that I would I would encourage you to, to do. Write these things down. Uh you can actually download into your phone the UVersion Bible app. It's free. Uh it, it is a great resource, and in that UVersion Bible app, They've got tons of translations of the Bible. They've got all types of resources in the the phrase of Bible studies and, and commentaries, all these things that will make it so much easier for you to be able to read and understand the Bible. And here's another thing that I would encourage you to do. Go by the Welcome Center. We have these available. They're free. We give them to you guys every quarter. We have these daily devotionals for you called The Word for You Today. And what I love about the word for you today is it actually is dated day after day. It's got the devotion for you. It's got a little snippet of scripture at the top that you can take and put into your heart. And so that you're you're reading the Bible and you're understanding the Bible. But it also has a devotional that goes there with it that is fun to read and very easy to read. And so we make these available for you guys to be able to pick up. Every quarter we pass them out for free. And you can go by the Welcome Center if you want one. They, they had plenty of them at the Welcome Center. Sometimes they run out, but they still have some left. And, and you can go by there and pick one up. And it's a way that you can be able to get into the Word and study the Word in a way that is very enjoyable. It takes them from being, ugh, into like, man, I can't wait. I look forward to my devotional uh, to be able to read in the morning or the evening or whatever time that you might be able to set aside... For your life. You say, well, why is it that we read the Bible, Pastor Jay? Well, here's the, just in a nutshell, because it's alive. And because the Bible is alive, it brings life to you as you read it. Actually, Psalm says it like this. I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8. It says, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. In other words, it's a powerful time that we're able to spend in, in the word because it endures within our heart and within our life. It helps us to grow And here's the problem so many people have whenever it comes to studying the Bible. They say, okay, I need to study the Bible. And then they sit down and they read like 20 chapters. And they burn themselves out and they're like, I have no idea what I just read. And I don't really understand it. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I would rather read a half a verse of Scripture and get something out of it than 20 chapters of Scripture and get nothing out of it. And here's why it's important for us to take it in bite-sized pieces. Remember, we're breaking life down into bite-sized manageable pieces. Here's why it's important for us to do that with Scripture because we can take a portion of Scripture and just kind of chew on it throughout the day. Uh, This past week, what I was doing, reading through the book of Acts, I decided to do that as my reading plan, jumping into the new year. And I took the book of Acts and I was reading two chapters out of the book of Acts. And I noticed on about the second or third day, out of the two chapters... I came across a phrase in there that was about eight words long. And out of those two chapters, what I got out of all of that was that little short passage of Scripture. And as I looked at that, began to study that, and I prayed about that, man, God started speaking some things into my life. And and guess what? Whenever He speaks things into my life that affect me, the, the carryover for that is it begins to affect you as the church because it grows me and it helps grow us as a church. And so when you read Scripture... Don't go through and try to read just a massive quantity of scripture, but break it down. Take a verse for the day. Take a chapter for the day. I would encourage you to maybe go into the the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, maybe the book of Acts, and just take maybe one chapter a day and and read through it and break it down into bite-sized, manageable pieces so that you can really begin to absorb what God has for your life. So prayer, we talk about the word. And then you need to understand that you say, well, why is God's word so important within my life? Because God's word deals with what we face in life, the different things that we encounter in life. How many of you here have ever been, you face something within your life where maybe you're, you're fearful or you're discouraged? Anybody? Okay. Well, that's real, that's real life right there. We all have. But guess what? You can look into the word and see where it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a, fear, a spirit of fear and timidity, But of power, love, and self discipline. So you look into the word, man, I got some fear going on. You look in the word and you begin to help you, it helps you understand what God really says about you. How many of you in this room have ever been sick in your body? Anybody? Okay. Uh, Maybe you you had the flu or the little sinus thing. I love what Exodus chapter 15 tells us. Whenever God says, He actually says, He says, For I am the Lord who heals you. So you look in the word, you begin to understand that God is a healing God. And he can begin to heal your body no matter what your sickness is. Uh, how many of you in this room have ever been discouraged before? Anybody? Okay. Well, I love what 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says when it reminds us, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. In other words, what he's trying to help you understand is the one in the world is trying to discourage you. But guess what? The, the spirit of God lives inside of you and it's greater than anything. So you don't have to be discouraged. He's picking you up and encouraging you. That's why it's important for us to be in the Word of God studying. And and as as I like to say, to really put God's Word in our heart. As we learned years ago from our friend, Pastor Tommy Birchfield over in Columbus, Texas, that we got to put the Word of God in our heart when we don't need it, so it will be there when we do need it. In other words, we study it so down the road when we're facing something where fear, maybe something like that, the Word of God is there to help build us up and encourage us. So prayer time, the Word time, Then here's our third thing. This is important, worship time. Now when you say worship, a lot of times this is what people say, oh, you're talking about the music in church. Well, yeah, yes and no, because here's what worship is. Worship really is not about music. Worship is more about an attitude of the heart. It's about understanding that that attitude of the heart is God. You are greater and bigger than anything that I will ever face in this entire world. And I exalt you and lift you up. And you go into scripture where it begins to talk to you. It says in Psalms 34.1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. What the psalmist is trying to help us understand is that worship is not something that just needs to be a part of our life on Sunday mornings. But worship is something that needs to be a part of our life every single day wherever we are, okay? Uh, it's kind of like this. I, I, I do like to sing. I can't sing, but I do like to sing. And so wherever I am, I'm just honoring and worshiping the Lord. It might be in my vehicle. It might be in my office. It might be walking around here. It might be whenever I'm running, whenever I'm working out. I'm just worshiping and honoring the Lord in my heart, sometimes outwardly through actually singing and, and worship as an attitude of the heart. And this is one of the things I learned is that worship changes the atmosphere of whatever environment you're in. If you're in an environment where maybe it's kind of negative, you begin to worship and honor God, it begins to change the atmosphere of the place where you are because it invites the presence of the Lord into that place. And, And so... I love to sing. I'm going to sing wherever I am. In fact, this past week, as we got into the seven days of prayer and fasting, uh, I went on Spotify and made a brand new worship list. And all week long, we've been singing those songs. And, and, and here's the thing. Sometimes, because when, whenever I don't have the song there, I'm still singing it. But sometimes I don't know all the words to the song. And so I just make words up. Okay? I do. I just make stuff up. And, uh, and Stacy, sometimes she'll hear me sing a song like we sing here at church. She's like, that's not the words to that song. I'm like, hey, listen, sister, I'm worshiping God, okay? It can be whatever I want. And she's told me numerous times, this is what she'll say. She'll say, hey, look, please don't sing it like that because I'm going to be up there on Sunday morning and I'm going to be singing that song and I'm going to sing what you're singing instead of what the actual song is. And I'm like, hey, I, I can't help you there, Okay. You're on your own. But worship needs to be a part of our life. And one of the the things that can really aid us in worship is music. Turn music on. Turn on a good worship song and let it begin to change the attitude of your heart. Let it begin to change the atmosphere of the environment that you're in. You might say, well, what is worship at its essence? Well, it's an attitude of just saying... God, you are amazing. It's kind of like this. It's like uh, you guys know over the last couple years we took a trip to go skiing with our family. The first year didn't work out so good because I was in such bad shape that I basically, on the top of a mountain, I just told my daughter-in-law, just go ahead and leave me here to die. And uh, she didn't, thank goodness. And then so the next year got in shape, but then whenever we went to go ski, the first day on the slopes, I fell and and I broke my wrist. And so it wasn't all that. But here's what I, you might say, well, why do you even like going up there? Well, here's why. I just love the mountains. I love seeing the beauty of it. And the very first day that we were there, it was about 6 o'clock in the morning. Everybody was asleep. And I'm an early riser, so I got up, and I was praying. I was just talking to the Lord. And I walked out and started walking around the little bitty town that we were staying in and came up on one part where you could just see the the, the mountain range. And it was one of those moments that was like, wow. Wow. That is amazing. And here's what it went to. It went from wow, that is amazing to wow, God, you are amazing. That's what worship is. It's the attitude of the heart being changed to see the beauty of God. So the word, the, the, the prayer time, the worship, the things that need to be a part of our life. Here's the next one, and we're, we're fixing to wrap this up, is fellowship. It needs to, we, Now, here's the thing. A lot of times when it comes to fellowship, we're like, well, I know it needs to be a part of my life, but <sighs> meeting new people, all that kind of stuff, it's kind of nerve-wracking. <sighs> well, here's the thing. Fellowship is so important because you got to get a right, around the right people and stay away from the wrong people. You might say, well, Pastor, you tell me to cut people out of my life. Not necessarily, but sometimes there are people in our life that are toxic. They're not good for us. Sometimes maybe we need to cut those people out of our life depending on who they are, and and here's what I'm going to tell you. The right people in your life will build you. The wrong people will pull you down, and I want you to understand that the wrong people can affect you in a negative way, and here's why fellowship's important is because uh, you heard Ryan and Jeremy talk about life groups a while ago, and what I love about life groups is you begin to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, who want to grow in their walk with God, who want to grow in friendship with the right kind of people, And, and those friendships are invaluable in life. They're so powerful within your life. Uh, Stacey and I discovered this. We, we were kind of hesitant, you know, initially, when we jumped off into life groups. Uh, we, we, were, we were a little nervous about it. and the next thing you know, we got into a life group, and we, we loved that life group so much, but then quite a few of those people stepped out and started their own life groups. And, and so we, we kind of launched off and started another one with another group of people. And we've been together for about three years now and uh, we absolutely love our life group we love the fellowship that is associated in it so much so that for the last year we've been talking about stepping out starting another life group but we've been struggling in that area because we've really gotten close with the people within our life group and so here's the thing you surround yourself with the right people It is a wonderful thing for your life because it builds you. It it helps you in your relationship with God. You have people there to pray with you when you're discouraged. You have people there to hold you up whenever you're going through a difficult time in life. And Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 puts it this way. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near." He's talking about we need to come to church. We need to fellowship together on Sunday mornings. But it goes beyond that into the times where we're interacting maybe as a life group, maybe interacting with friendships. It's very, very important for us that we have fellowship as believers within our life. And then here's where I'm going to close out. We're going to wrap up right here. The last one is one that, that so many times we know that this needs to be something that's true within our life. But we're like, ugh, it's so hard for me to do this. And here's the word. The word is lordship. Everybody say lordship. Here's why that's important. It's important because it means that God is first in our life. And that's exactly what we're talking about. But the problem is it's so uncomfortable for us because we're used to putting ourselves first. That's a hard pill to swallow right there. But so many times we're all about me, myself, and I. And we put God further down on the list. And we have problems prioritizing. But lordship is allowing God to be in charge of our life. It simply means this. It means, God, I belong to you. You're the one in charge. You're you're the master, the Lord of my life. You know what's better for my life than I do. So many times we jumble that up, mess that up. But lordship is so important for us. And Jesus said this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. In other words, he wants to be first in your life. And here's my question for you today. Is that true within your life? Is God the Lord of your life? Have you allowed Him to have lordship within your life? Or are you trying to do everything on your own? God, I got this. I don't need you. I can handle this. And you wonder why life is so difficult. You wonder why you feel the way that you do because you're trying to do it all on your own instead of allowing Him to be first and Him to have lordship within your life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. Across this room, every person in this room, close your eyes just for a moment and be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Is he Lord within your life? Do you know God? Or here's a big one. Do you just know about God? See, knowing about God is being religious. Knowing about God is trying to do things under your own power. But knowing God is being in relationship with him. It means that you have surrendered everything to him. God, I belong to you. You are the master of my life. Today, if you would say, Pastor Jay, I've never allowed that to be so in my life. Today, I want God to be first. Today, I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. As you said earlier in, in the message, I want to receive what Jesus did for me so that I can experience life. And I can experience one day to be in the presence of God for all of eternity. Well, my friend, that is found in letting Jesus become first. Letting Jesus become Lord and asking him to be the Savior of your life. And today, if you would say yes to that, if you would say, I'm ready to take that step, then I want to pray with you. Not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray with you right where you are. But if you would say yes to that here in a moment, I'm going to help you take that step. There might be others of you in this room who would say, well, pastor, you talk about relationship with God. Man, I had a great relationship with God. And somehow, over the course of time, my heart has grown cold. My heart has grown distant from God. And I know before I leave this place today that it's time to get my heart right with God it's time to renew my commitment to him. Wherever you are in this room, if you would say yes to either one of those, Pastor Jay, I want to be a part of that prayer that you're going to pray here in just a moment. It's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus or it's time for me to get my heart right with him all over again. Wherever you are in this room, every eye closed, if you say yes to that, I want to be a part of that prayer. Do this for me. Just real quick, wherever you are, if that's you, just raise your hand in the air real quick. Let me see. it. Is there anybody here like that? I see a hand over here. I see a hand in the back. Awesome. I see you right here. Right here. I see you back over here. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this moment. Man, if God is dealing with your heart, then today's your day to take that step into the family of God. I see you right here. And then here's what we're going to do. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I'm going to give you the words. And you just talk to the Lord right there where you are. In fact, I want everybody in this room, let's pray this prayer together. Let's encourage these ones who raise their hand. I want you to pray this loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me because of that love. And today, by faith, I receive the price that you paid. I ask you to forgive me for the sins in my life. And today, make me brand new. I surrender to you. I give you everything I am. And Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior. But today, be my Lord. I give lordship to you. You're the one in charge. And I thank you so much for changing me and letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap today. And God is good.